Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Jeremy Gerlich graduated from Yale with a degree in film and theater, and he began his career working as an assistant at the Creative Arts Agency's Motion Picture Literary Department before joining with director Joel Schumacher as his assistant on the sets of such critically acclaimed films as Tigerland, as well as Jerry Bruckheimer's Bad Company and Phone Booth. He has gone on now to found his own production company under the banner of American High, and they have been releasing some wonderful films, including Banana Split, Big Time Adolescence, and now the latest film, Looks That Kill. And it is a uh, particularly rich vein of films to be mining because it's sort of the teen drama genre, which is often uh, kind of a dumping ground for bad scripts and bad acting. But in this case, these are really well-done films. And I'm thrilled to have with us today the uh, founder of American High, and that would be Jeremy Gerlich. Jeremy, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. How did this idea to get involved in your own company, uh, in, uh, and how did American High come about? Got it. Well, so it's two, it's two, separate, com- uh, two, two separate questions. So the first question is how did the idea for American High uh, come out? It was really something that, that has been an evolving idea from the time I was in college. I had a professor named Mark Lapadula who told me about something called the Strauss-Howe cycle, which means that all of pop culture goes in 20-year waves. And he told me about this because I had written a high school script the first script I wrote was was a high school script, and a lot of a lot as a a lot of writers, their first script is high school scripts because when they decide they want to be a writer, they write what they know, which was you know their relationship that they just got out of, or this one night you know that happened last year. Um, then I graduated, and I was working as you mentioned at Creative Artists Agency, um, and it was 1998. And American Pie came out and Election came out and, you know, a wave of 18 other movies just that were high school movies were released over the course of that, like two years. And I was like, I can't believe this. I look back 20 years earlier and all of the John Hughes movies were, you know, you know Fast Times in Richmond High uh, it was, was released, the, the Porky's movies, the John Hughes movies. And I was like, holy cow, there's something to this. So I just, I always had that in my head that the high school movie would come back at some point. Um, Because when I was working on the other films, you know, I was working on the the movie The Breakup and and The Wedding Ringer and The Hangover. And I was constantly trying to get these high school movies made or specifically like one high school movie made, I I would pitch. And the studios just didn't want to make them. And I just knew at some point that, that, that this would come back. I pitched, um, I pitched the, a movie to the head of the stu- a studio at the time. And he said, well, I don't want to do this movie. We can't make high school movies. We can't get a star in them. You know, we can't re- just release them. And I begged, I said, well, these are the kind of movies that inspired us all. We love these movies. He says, I know, but, and then he said, I, you know what? if you really want to make a high school movie, I will 
happily like fight for you to try and make this movie, but I don't want you to do this one. I want you to do this one. And he gave me a different script. And I said, what? And I went back and I started reading the script. And what I realized was, what I realized was all of these high school movies had the same locations. You know, it was all in a school. There were hallways, there were diners, there was gyms, it was locker rooms. So it was basically, you could shoot all of these movies in one place. And having worked on these bigger movies, the amount of money you're spending on locations and not just, just locations, but actually if you're going to a location, it's time, the time it takes to pack up the trucks, you know, pack up all the equipment, load them into trucks, drive the trucks over to that location, unpack, get set up versus if you have everything in one spot, you could just pretty much flip the lights on and you could shoot. So I realized like, I realized that if I could control the location, I could just shoot all of these high school movies back to back to back. And I'd been collecting all of my favorite scripts in this genre for almost 20 years, knowing that at some point these will come back. And then finally I hit a point where, you know, it was a passion project for me where I would work on it on nights and weekends while I was doing my, you know, my, my job and, and getting, you know, focused on my day job and then I would work on this. Um, and then suddenly this started to take over. Like my passion project started to take more time. I was giving, I was giving everything to it. And I said, you know what, now's the time. And I, I focused, just had an amazing team around me and, and Will, who, Will Phelps, who was my, my assistant at the time, became my partner and was, has, has been my partner ever since in American High and just went out raise money and started making movies. And that's, yeah. that's now, do I have this right? You, so you bought a high school. Yeah. I okay. bought a high school in, um, once I knew that I was going to do this, I knew that I had to save the best way to do this would be to control the location. So I was literally looking up high, I was Googling high schools all over the country in tax incentive areas. And it wasn't until I worked on a movie called Family, directed by Laura Steinell with um, Taylor Schilling in it. And when we were going out to financiers, one of the financiers said, would you be willing to shoot this in upstate New York? I said, well, why upstate New York? I said, I don't care. I like, I'll shoot it where, if you're financing, I'll shoot it wherever you want. <laughs> right. And he said, well, upstate New York has a 40% below the line tax credit. And I said, really, how come I never heard of that? Because yeah. nobody goes to upstate New York to, you know, nobody was at the time was going to upstate New York to shoot. I looked it up. It was true. And um, I literally Googled high schools for sale upstate New York. And I found the most beautiful, perfect high school. And I, Will and I got on a plane. We were out there the next day and um, we made an offer on the school. And now we have a school. Wow. Is this unique? I don't know if I've ever heard of someone I mean, I've heard of people buying studios or, or sound stages, right? I don't know if I've ever heard of somebody buying a building even just to make movies out of, right? I, I don't know. I mean, like, I've never heard of it either. Um, well, I, I think it speaks to something that I'm, I'm, as I look through your resume, as I look through the films that you ha are producing, you've learned well in terms of the below the line stuff you you apparently are a very good student of how to 
tackle the, the 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 basics of making a film what do you and as you just described it what do you need to make a film and how can i sort of maximize my assets in order to do that and and i see that in the films i also see it in the people that you're picking to be producing and directing these films i believe i know in fact for uh, for a fact that banana split was a cinematographer who was a first-time film director and i believe Kellen Moore, this is a first-time film director, but you surround yourself with these people who have done big productions, like uh, like Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, all these films that they're looking through their resume. So what you've done, I think, is really smart. Is you've given these people uh, an opportunity to direct their first film, kind of keep the cost in, in place with for that. And then you surround them with a lot of very talented people who have done big productions. Is that? Yeah, I'm glad you noticed that because that's, that's very intentional. Being a director requires a very unique quality. Experience as a director doesn't necessarily make you a better director. Ex- like experience directing movies. Um, whereas... The people who are surround surrounding you are are the ones that that can make a big difference in when you go to make the movie. I've had much more success working with first time directors than than I have with directors who've never who have directed other movies because first time directors who are coming into our system really succeed because we are super we are so filmmaker friendly. We really really want the filmmaker to get their vision across and we we give them all the tools that that in order for them to succeed and first time filmmakers are more likely to take in advice and, right. and thoughts and notes um i'm sure versus- eager to take advice i'm sure on on a level like it, at the risk of drowning in front of a set full of people they want to know exactly what yeah. you know so right yeah, I mean, one of the one of the fun one of the most fun things for me to do is watch the the first time, and it it happens me also as a first time director. You don't really know when to yell, like when to start and yell action, <laughs> and um, it I enjoy like watching that because everyone everyone's like waiting for what to happen, and I'm like now now's the turn, like. <laughs> I do, and and you, you like by the fourth time, all of these directors are like, all right, and then, and if they just get their confidence up, I usually tell like after the first day, whether or not the director's gonna crush, and almost always are. Our our instinct on picking the directors are has been pretty pretty good so far. Uh, I spoke with Ben um, Kasolsky about <laughs> Banana Split, and now this is a project that Hannah Marks had brought to him. Would she had been working on it for a long time? She has an experience on set. She's done her own projects, so you've got somebody who she he's worked with in the past, and then you've got you've then you surround him with this wonderful production sort of safety net. You've taken a lot of the drama out of making a film by doing that, by allowing not only the star, but the writer, someone who is a creative input, who can help help Ben through this project. And what comes out on the other side of all of this is a f- films that have heart, have real heart in them. I, I really like Banana Split for that. I love 
uh, Looks That Kill for that. These are films that are teen dramas. And you said it at the beginning of our interview. As a teenager, you're trying to figure things out. That is your prime directive. It's just, I want to figure this stuff out. And that's what these films feel like. Everybody in them is just trying to, and there's no real bad guys. There's just people trying to figure stuff out. For me, this time in your life is all about firsts. It's the first time you experience something in your life. Right. It's the first time you fall in love. It's the first time you kiss someone. It's the first time you feel a boob or the first time you get drunk or the first time you, you smoke weed or yeah. learn to drive. Like all of these things are first. First time you discover your parents aren't perfect or, right. and, and, and that's when, and, and that leads to, okay, how do I figure this out? You know, how do I figure out how I'm feeling right now? I've never right. experienced this before. Like for me as a, you know, 44, 44 year old guy, I look back at, myself in high school and the things that are were so important back then I laugh you know you sort of laugh like oh you were heartbroken because of this like come on like get like wake up but it was so important at the time I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Jeremy Garlick he's the founder of American High you call it a production company what do you call yourself yeah we are we are a studio um we are a studio we're a production company we're uh we're currently making masks and uh, for for people, which is uh, uh, which was a, a pivot. Um, but yes, yeah, so you could call call us a, a studio. Really, you're making masks. Wow. Well, also you have a ton of stuff in production. That's another thing. You are really lining a lot of projects up. Let's talk uh, the the next project coming up. Uh, Looks that kill. Well, so Looks that kill comes out June nineteenth. Um, yeah. It's so that was a really in, that was really interesting for me because that was a script that when I read the script I didn't really understand I didn't really understand the script I I didn't really get it it wasn't my kind of script and when I met with Kellen who wrote it and and he pitched his vision for what the movie was I was like this guy is a genius he's got a vision and I'm kind of like go like go let's go do this it could be really cool and it's really different. And it was, he, uh, he did an amazing job and um, it's, it's very, it is just a very, very different movie. And I'm excited to see how the, the world responds to it because the people well, have seen it so Yeah. Far. And I'll, I'll give, I mean, I'll give you my take on it uh, for what that's worth. It feels like films you've seen before, but it is different, right? The mask, the, uh, the share vehicle from many years ago, there's a little element of that in there. There's, there's an element of some of the uh, breakfast club angst going on with, again, you know, he's, he hasn't had his first kiss yet, and there's a lot of things going on. But also, it, it's, a, it, it's quirky, and, it, and what I liked was it stayed true throughout the film, all the way to the end. It stayed true to the premise. And that's another thing I really have enjoyed about the other films I've seen that have come out of American High is they, they are pretty fearless about staying uh, true to whatever vision that director had or the script had in a way that doesn't feel like you're going to cheat the audience or you're going to force something, a forced ending to something. So far, that has not been the case that I've seen in your films. And those are the kind of films that people talk about later on and they reflect back on them as something that was different than what they normally see. And I just think I really, I'm, 
I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with just what I'm seeing so far. And is this, am I, again, I feel like I'm putting words in your mouth. If I am, no, please. I, I, everything you're saying is awesome. I love hearing it. And this is really why we, you know, this is why we set out to do this in the first place is to, to kind of elicit those, those emotions and, and the response that you're, you're, you're giving right now. So it's, um, so thank you. Um, I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about um, big time adolescence as well, because that's something that when people see Pete Davidson or they see, okay, this is, and it's a high school movie, they have one vision for what that movie is. Right. And then they go watch that movie and you're like, wow, this is a very different, this is a very different film <laughs> than I was expecting. Um, so I'm curious to see what you what you think. I think you'll I think you'll really I think you'll really like that movie as well. Well, did you did were you a part of casting Pete Davidson in that film? Was that something that you obviously yeah. had to sign off on? Because what I see him in Saturday Night Live, I see somebody who who has a pretty wide range of a, of sort of an emotional uh, palette to pull from. And not only does he have that humor, that sort of sardonic sort of humor, and he's also very self-effacing. And I feel like, given what I know a little bit about his own uh, personal backstory, he's able to draw upon a pretty deep well of real emotional, um, real emotional grit, if you will. That's a good word to use. It's, yeah, it's a hundred percent true. And he, um, you know, he's got a lot of demons. It's, it's, you know, his. As you, you probably know, his, his father was was killed in in nine eleven, um, and he really went there in this movie. He he really and and I'm looking forward to see what he, seeing what he does in the Judd Apatow movie this summer uh, when it comes out. The King of Staten um, Island, yeah. King of Staten Island. Um, yeah, yeah. So he, I think he's well, every once in a while somebody will break out of the and I say this all the time. Comedians make great dramatic actors. I mean, how many times Michael Keaton started as a stand-up? Tom Hanks stand-up. Uh, there's just a slew of these guys who turn it on because I think one of my theory is is that when you're a stand-up, you have to read a room. You have to know a room right away, right? And I think that sharpens your instincts for being on a stage in front of a camera. I think it really makes you keenly aware of what you're what you have to do. And I. With Pete, I think that same thing. I think he's probably going to be in that in that vein. Yeah, he's um, and, and I think he's making good choices. Um, in, in really interesting choices. Um, so, so we'll see. And then other stuff in production. So we we I, I actually directed the next move, movie that we're going to be releasing after Looks to Kill. Um, it's called The Binge with Vince Vaughn, Skylar Gisando, um, Dexter Darden. Uh, Eduardo Franco, um, and that is that is just a straight up crazy comedy. Um, it's still, you know, the goal is always to still have the heart and still have um, that first. Um, this uh -huh. is it, this is a comedic. It's it's. Do you know the movie The Purge? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's a comedic take on The Purge. It's basically set in the near future where all drugs and alcohol are are illegal except for one night a year. It's called The Binge. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's about these three kids sort of going to the binge party while um, Vince Vaughn, who is plays the principal, is essentially the Ed Rooney character trying to chase them down. Okay, fantastic. I want to thank you. I really look forward. I hope that somewhere down the line, when you've got more stuff coming out, you can uh, you can come back and join us. Um, this is uh, I 
I'm, I'm thrilled to see somebody who's doing these kinds of films in such an intelligent way. And, and it just feels like you've really locked onto something that's going to sustain you. We've been speaking with Jeremy Gerlich. He's the founder of American High and uh, be on the lookout for films with, uh, with that on them. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I really appreciate, um, I really appreciate this and uh, happy to come back anytime. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.